Lately, I've been feeling this shift happening inside of me, and I really hope that it's a sign of um, a permanent change in my life. I've been giving a lot of thought to the voice of the miser and the mime in my life and what they have to say, and giving some thought to how to change what I am hearing and experiencing from these voices in my life. A big one for me has always been the miser, um, who has kept me in a place of believing that I don't have enough financially or never will have enough financially. Uh, It's keeping me in a place of believing that money is difficult and a struggle and that I should be afraid. And this shift that I've been experiencing um, is because of uh, some significant bills that came up um, here recently. They were bills I knew were coming, but they were more. They, they added up to be more than I was expecting. But it all worked out in the end. And I just feel this awareness grow, growing in me that uh, I would like to share with you today. Welcome to the podcast L-O-V-E. I am Elisa, and I am on a mission to learn the tools to make my life the best, most abundant experience I can have so that I can become a coach and help others who are living below their divinely given potential rise above their circumstances to live an outrageously vibrant existence. I am inviting you to tag along with me on my growth journey as I share what I'm learning, my thoughts and experiences, my successes, and even my failures. I've often heard when we, when others talk about the voices in our heads, the stories that we tell ourselves, they talk about writing a new story, creating a new story for yourself. That was something that Charlene brought up in the workshop um, two weekends ago, however long it was. But I had a thought today that it's not necessarily about writing a new story. It's about recognizing the true story. For every experience we have, there's always going to be two perspectives, sometimes more than two perspectives, um, that ways that we can look at the experience. And one of the things that I've slowly began to realize and has sunk deeper and deeper into my awareness over several years now is this true story that money is there for me when I need it. I have yet to move beyond a place of just survival and into true abundance, but over and over again in my life, when a crisis has happened, the money was there when I needed it. And I've never actually had to go without a roof over my head, food in the fridge, clothing on my back. I've never been in a true crisis situation financially. There have been problems that I have created for myself through poor money management. But when there was a true crisis, the money was always there. And 
I'm recognizing that that is the true story. It's not necessarily that I don't have money or that um, I struggle. That's a part of my story, but it's not the full picture. It's not the true story. The true story is that even through all of my struggles, even through all of my bad choices, when I have needed it, the money has been there. And as I focus on this true story, it's actually helped me to feel more free and um, live without worry. Uh, of course, that's a choice that I have to make. I have to choose to focus on this true story. I have to choose to feel gratitude for this true story and remind myself constantly that uh, this has been my experience in the past, that when I need it, money is there. Because it is still so easy to listen to that voice of the miser that says, you don't have it, you won't have it, you'll never have it. Um, the miser that says resources are limited. Because that's hasn't actually been the case in my life. Now, I never know how or when the money is going to come, just like I never know how or when a crisis is going to come up. Um, so I wanted to give a few examples of what this has looked like in my life. Uh, a few years ago, um, quite a few years ago at this point, I got into a pretty bad car accident that crunched my beloved Honda. <laughs> I loved that car. It was a great car. I completely intended on driving it into the ground, but instead it got crunched. And shortly after that car accident, um, as I was settling it, I ended up getting laid off from a job. And it took six months for me to find another job. Now, I don't know why that was my experience. I don't know why it took six months for me to find a job, but it did. And the settlement from my car accident actually paid for all of my bills in that time period while I was looking for a new job. And just as the money ran out, I got a new job. I got a great new job that was what I needed to make um, financially to be able to continue to move forward. Recently, with those bills that I um, shared about that were uh, a little bit more than expected, they kind of... Um, added up for me, I had child support payments, some back child support that was owed to me that came through right before the bills did. And I had the money to pay those bills and make sure that I didn't get um, behind on anything, but instead stayed on top of my finances. Now, I still need to continue to work on managing my finances better, which has been one of the things that I've been working on with seeing some financial coaches and working on getting back into the habit of budgeting and sticking to a budget. But once again, even when I wasn't making the greatest choices, even when I was not on top of my game and completely in control of uh, my finances, the money still showed up for me when I needed it. But even in this, there is still a flip side that miser is still talking and saying, well, in order for the money to be there when you needed it, there was something that you had to lose. There was a sacrifice that had to be made. You had to sacrifice your car. You had to sacrifice um, going without child support for several years. Um, I had to lose something in order for the money to be there when I needed it. And moving forward, I really want to 
get to the point where my relationship to the miser, which is my money, and my relationship to myself and others, which is the mime, changes and becomes a much more uh, predominantly positive experience versus something that is inherently painful or negative. Because I don't believe, I truly don't believe that our relationship to money and to others has to come from a place of pain and suffering and sacrifice because true life is something that is um, growing and it's abundant. True life is an expansion rather than a constant restriction and the miser and the mime are in a constant place of restriction. There's a, a finite resources or something is limited. And that's not actually true. That's not a true story. Life is abundant. Life is always expanding. It's expansive. And I want to get myself to the point where that's how I experience life. So part of changing this relationship to the miser in the mime is recognizing when their stories that they are telling me fall apart. And part of that is saying when, I, when the miser in the mime, um, when the, those stories come up and they say, you don't have this, you can't have that, you're alone, I need to make a choice Um, in my self-talk to say, yeah, but what about when? And fill in the blank with something positive that happened, like with my money. Yeah, but what about when those bills came through and the money was also there? What about when I lost my job and had to go um, six months uh, without finding another one, but the money was still there? I was able to pay all of my bills through that entire time. And actually, those, those six months were a really fantastic period of focusing on myself. I know there's a lot of personal growth that I did in that time. So recognizing when the stories fall apart and starting to tell yourself a true story. And that true story doesn't even necessarily have to feel 100% true, just like money is always there for me when I need it, doesn't necessarily feel 100% true, but it's true enough for me to believe it and be able to say, yeah, that does happen for me. That is definitely a true story for me. And so in recognizing these true stories, that's part of the process of manifestation. I've had this thought lately, um, because I'm no great expert on manifestation. I've not a manifestation guru or anything, Um, but something that I feel is being spoken to me through my life experiences is that manifestation can be about noticing the things that have always been there. Um, In fact, I think that's exactly what manifestation is. It's about getting yourself into a space where your mind opens up to an awareness of what is already existing in the world. And it's about Um, being aware of what's always there, but you haven't yet acknowledged in your life. I've experienced that recently um, through a little exercise that I did with myself. Um, I listened to one of Catherine Zinkina's older podcasts. Um, I listen to a lot of Catherine Zinkina right now. And in her older podcast, she was talking about this principle of compounding. You know, the idea that 
in compounding, 10 cents becomes 20 cents, 20 cents becomes 40, 40 becomes 80, and it just kind of rolls on from there. And then all of a sudden, there's this tipping point where you're, the compounding reaches into the hundreds and the thousands and the tens of thousands through compounding. So I decided to start a little game with myself. It didn't get very far, but I feel like it still taught me something valuable. I wanted to practice manifesting money by starting with literally 10 cents. Can I manifest 10 cents? And then each time I manifested money to double it because, because I'm not comfortable with manifestation and because I have this miser talking to me and telling me that resources are limited, I thought 10 cents would be a really easy, um, believable way to start practicing. Um, but it was also just enough of a stretch because how often do you find coins just lying around anymore these days? Hardly anybody uses cash anymore. So I thought, okay, 10 cents, that's a good start. And it was actually pretty easy. I'd say within 48 hours, um, it was my daughter showing me a dime. Of course, it was hers, so I didn't actually take it for myself. But she was excited about it, and I got excited about it. And then um, I got home, and there was change sitting on top of my dryer. Um, So there was the 10 cents. And so I decided to go with 20 cents. And that was a little bit harder. I did find another 10 cents on the ground at my work, um, but I didn't find another dime. Instead, I found quarters and pennies and other denominations of coins. And I was getting frustrated with this because I was like, I got to have 20 cents. I want to have two dimes in my hand. And I kept visualizing two dimes in my hand and I was getting frustrated. And I was speaking with a mentor of mine about this experiment that I was doing. And she was encouraging me not to get too hung up on being too literal. The idea that sometimes when you're manifesting, you're actually going to receive more than what you ask for. You're going to get this or something better. And she encouraged me to be open to the idea that, you know, the compounding could be a quarter, you know, it could be a little bit over 20 cents. Um, and she was right because I was finding a lot of change. I was noticing coins laying around that I never would have given a thought to before. And as I was going through this process and noticing all this change sitting around, the thought was this money has always been here. It's been sitting on my counter for days or whatever it was, it's always been here, but I haven't ever noticed it before. I didn't value it when I saw it. But now that I'm choosing to be aware of it, it suddenly gains so much more value to me. And that's manifestation. It's manifestation is as much about noticing the abundance that is already around you as it is about bringing new abundance into your life. And as I thought about this and I thought about some other experiences I had, I have a little list here of other things that have come into my life that I think qualify as manifestations. One was a hall table um, for my home that was given to me. I was had been thinking about how nice it would be to have a hall table that I could put my 
pretty knickknacks on and pictures and things like that, but I hadn't given it much thought because it wasn't a huge priority to me. There were other things that I wanted to get first, but this hall table was given to me, um, by a neighbor. They just gave it to me. Um, I told a story a while back about how I manifested riding boots for my daughter. Well, recently she had to go to mountain school, which is a thing that they do out here in Washington state for fifth graders. They send them out to the national parks and they get to do mountaineering things and learn about plants and animals. And I don't know what else, but the kids love it. (laughs) But my daughter needed some hiking boots for the trip. And the weekend before she needed to leave and I was getting her packed, I was like, okay, I need to find my daughter some good shoes. So without being too concerned about it, I went to the secondhand store and there they were. There were some really high quality hiking shoes in her size and I grabbed them and I was good. It was so fast and easy, stress-free and they were there. They were, what I needed was there when I needed it. Um, Another one was jeans. I needed to buy new jeans for myself and there's a particular brand that I really like and I was looking it up online and it was a little bit more expensive than I really wanted to pay for it um, for these this pair of jeans right now and so I decided to go to Marshall's and look through the racks and uh, just see what I could find and what I found was this exact brand of jeans in my size and it was the only pair I bought them. I walked out the door, happy as a clam. These all in my mind qualify as um, things that I have manifested. And the next question that came up in my mind as I've been thinking through this idea of manifesting being, uh, noticing the things that are already around you, manifestation being, um, telling yourself the true story. The question was, out of all the experiences experiences I've had, how do I know when I'm manifesting? Because so often when we are wanting to receive something into our life, when we're wanting to receive some blessing into our life, and it comes to us um, through a family member or change that's been sitting on our counter for a week that we've never noticed before, or... Um, you know, like the jeans, like I didn't receive the jeans for free. I still had to buy them. So how do you know when you're manifesting? And I came up with kind of a a short list here. How do I know something counts as a manifestation? Well, is it something that I wanted? If yes, that's number one. Uh, The second one uh, that I wrote down was, did I have a timeline for receiving it? Um, for like my daughter's shoes, I would say, yes, there was a timeline. I did need to get them that weekend, but I was going to be okay. If I didn't find them that weekend, I would figure out a different solution for her. Um, so no timeline, um, only positive or neutral emotions. Am I stressed about it? Am I worried about it? Am I, is it something that I really want and it's bothering me that I don't have it yet. I really struggled with finding bookshelves. I really wanted to find bookshelves for myself and it was 
bothering me that I didn't have it. And it took a long time. It wasn't as easy as, say, the hall table um, that I wanted. Because I wasn't worried about it, it wasn't a big deal to me, I got the hall table right away, whereas finding the right bookshelves took a couple months. So only positive or neutral um, emotions and no thought or concern for the outcome. If you can check off those boxes, I would say it counts as a manifestation no matter how it comes to you. And I think the importance for being able to know when you're manifesting is because there's so many things that we could write off as a fluke or coincidence. And I think a lot of people are manifesting and we 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 write it off. It's a fluke. It's a coincidence. It's a one-off. Um, and we dismiss it rather than celebrating it or being grateful for it. So that's what I feel is being spoken to me through my life right now is this idea of manifestation being recognizing what is already around us, that it's as much about recognizing the abundance that already exists in the world as much as it is about bringing in new abundance into our lives. So I think this is one of the keys to learning to manifest intentionally, which is something I'm I'm working on. So far, I've manifested things kind of accidentally, and I want to manifest blessings and abundance into my life intentionally. And I think one of the keys to learning how to do this is starting to recognize the positive things and experiences that are manifested and brought into our lives. Recognizing the the flip side of what the miser and the mime are telling me and recognizing these true stories and celebrating those things and choosing to focus on those things. Because it's so often we focus on the bad and the disappointing and that's easy to do, but there's always going to be another side to it. And sometimes it's harder to find than others. When I had my car accident and got laid off from my job, it was really hard to find the flip side of that coin. But in hindsight, I can see how um, being laid off of that job has just continued to move me on a path towards in the direction that I needed to go um, with the life experiences that I have had. And the car accident helped to facilitate that by giving me the finances I needed to be able to have six months um, of self-love, of, you know, investing into myself emotionally. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and it's just one of those practices that have to be worked on. And some people are able to be super intentional about that process. And for other people like me, sometimes it just takes time and it grows in you slowly like a plant. And that's okay too. We don't always have to have these aha moments. In fact, very rarely do I have aha moments. Instead, things tend to grow in me very slowly over time. But I feel like when they do, they have deep roots. As I leave you this week, my friends, I just want to encourage you to spend some time thinking through what your miser and your mime are telling you 
and responding to them, well, yeah, but what about when? And fill in that blank with a positive experience um, that you had. And this may take some thought. Also spend some time um, this week being aware of the abundance that is already around you of celebrating change, coins when you see them, of celebrating the times when you found you know, the item or the, or whatever it was that you needed at the time that you needed it and express gratitude and experience gratefulness and the sense of joy that comes from knowing that you are being taken care of in this world. And as always, I'd love to hear from you. Um, I want to hear your stories. I want to hear your thoughts around what I've shared this week. And I am definitely working on um, creating a guided meditation around the fruits of the spirit. Um, It's something that in that six months that I was without work was um, huge for me and really deeply impacted the way I felt about myself in my life. So I can't wait to share that with you. Thank you for joining me today. I am so thrilled and honored to have you with me on this journey, and I'm excited to keep the conversation going. Send me your thoughts on what we talked about, and maybe I will feature it in the next episode. You can email me at thepodcastlove at gmail.com, or you can send me a voice message on Anchor. The links are in the show notes below. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please share, rate, and review so that others can find the show and join the conversation. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.